Hi there. Welcome to the Ignite Your Wellness Business podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elsa McLean, physical therapist, coach, yoga teacher, massage therapist, and owner of Ignite Your Wellness Business. This is the podcast to help you as a wellness entrepreneur grow a profitable business with time to embody your own wellness practices using my proven formula. Hey there, entrepreneur. Welcome back. Today, I'm honored to bring on special guest, Jess Johnson. And we talk about a variety of things. I first met Jess in the 200K Mastermind with our coach, Stacey Bayman. And so we do talk about mindset and entrepreneurship, as well as a host of all these other topics, like how what happened in our youth can affect us now as adults, especially in entrepreneurship, which I personally worked through working with Jess myself. So I've experienced what she talks about in this episode and have felt the benefits and the shifts and the results in my own business, which I'm so grateful for. We also talk about intuition and how intuition might not be what you actually think it is. And if you actually even use intuition against yourself. So all of this and more, including topics on emotions and feelings and what's the difference and how they can serve you in entrepreneurship and how you might use them against yourself and discerning the difference between emotions and feelings. And EFT, emotional freedom technique, we get into that type of work and how that can benefit you as well. So enjoy. Hello there, wellness entrepreneur. Welcome back. Today, I'm honored to have on special guest, Jess Johnson. And Jess, can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you help and how you kind of that evolved for you and just take it away. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I am Jess Johnson and I'm a life coach for life coaches and other service-based entrepreneurs. And my specialty is really helping people understand their emotions so they can calm their bodies, quiet their minds, and think clearly. I think, you know, there's nothing like entrepreneurship that brings up all of our stuff, all of our anxieties, our insecurities, our fears. And I really like to help people understand what the difference is between what's unsafe, what's unfamiliar, and really learn how to just put fear in the passenger seat and go forward with what they want to do instead of letting it stop them. Yeah, it's a hundred percent. I mean, I see this all the time in some of my marketing, like mindset work is the fuel behind any strategy. And I think it's why you can see two entrepreneurs implement the same exact strategy, for example, on Instagram or emails or whatever the strategy might be. And one person might really take off and the other might. And yeah, some of it's what they bring to the table to to start with. But I think mindset is a huge component of how that one entrepreneur actually got there in the first place and actions that they may or may not take versus another. And that leads to the the difference, I think. Uh, Totally. Because when I talk about like emotions, right? Like I definitely firmly believe that your thoughts create your reality. And depending on 
how we were raised, certain ways we grew up, the things we learned about ourselves when we were kids, the decisions we made about ourselves in the world when we were kids really shape who we are now. And so when somebody is working on a belief that they can do whatever they want, right? They can have that success is possible for them, but they are having constant anxiety or distracting self-doubt that is not allowing them to really take action from that place. That's what I mean when I say I help entrepreneurs understand their emotions because that's really what that is. It's an emotion, this physiological response in your body that happens when you're just really doubting that these things that you want to believe are true or can be true for you. Lots of times we we give a lot of other people leeway in what is possible for them. And then we're like, but I could never do that. Yeah, 100%. So much to get into here. I, I love how you addressed, you know, certain beliefs that we experienced when we were kids can shape our reality now. Can you talk a little bit about how that happens? Yeah. What talk, Just explain more. <laughs> yeah, totally. So when... You know, when we're little kids, we don't have the resources to think for ourselves, right? And so our a lot of our decisions and our and a decision really turns into a thought that we believe, and that thought that we continue to believe turns into like a core belief that that we have, that we operate from. And most of these decisions were made between the ages of zero and six because we watched our parents doing something or we heard our parents telling us something or maybe we experienced something like, say you were an only child for like five years. And then at age five, your parents had another baby and that took attention away from you. Like five-year-old isn't like, oh, mom needs more attention. I totally get that. Have that time for yourself and baby mom, right? They're making decisions like, oh my God, my mom doesn't love me anymore. Now, not every five-year-old does that, right? But depending on how often you are exposed to a parent not giving you attention and you continue to make that decision, like, I must be unlovable. I must be unlovable. Depends on how like kind of deeply rooted that belief can be. And because all of we humans are all made of energy, how I think of it, I'm a very visual person, is when significantly like traumatic or just disturbing or emotional events happen to us, it's like that piece of us kind of peels off and gets stuck in our energy field that we all have. And I picture that kind of version of us like living Groundhog Day, that same moment, that same day over and over and over again, making that decision over and over and over again. And so that is why you can be moving through the world as a 44-year-old grown-up and something happens that reminds you of that time in your life. And all of a sudden you start maybe feeling anxious or your heart starts pounding or you start sweating. Your body remembers what that felt like. And it starts going into that mode again. And it can be confusing, right? I see sometimes when when people feel this way and they 
go directly to changing their mindset. Like, oh, I have to know this isn't true. I have to like force myself to believe I'm safe right now instead of just taking a step back, acknowledging that some part of you in this moment isn't feeling that safety. And this is why I think the result of managing your emotions and learning to normalize them is self-compassion. And when you're able to give yourself self-compassion in those moments, instead of trying to force yourself to not feel the way you're feeling anymore, that is what allows your body to settle down. Yeah. I love that. So like a specific example could be an entrepreneur who goes to post on Instagram and they don't feel like unconsciously their nervous system, their brain views it as unsafe or, you know, they might be judged or deemed unlovable or unlikable by, by, you know, people that would see the post. So they start to experience like the sweaty palms, the racing heart. And so then they freeze and don't post or they flee and and get distracted and move on to something else. And and then that post never sees the, the light of day. Yeah. And it's because often another thing I see when that happens is they then start thinking something's wrong with me or like, why can't I get over this? I can physically with my eyes look around and know that I'm safe. I I see this a lot with life coaches, right? Who kind of quote unquote, no mindset work and, and can't know how to kind of shift their thoughts. And they immediately try to go and choose something positive to think in those moments. And that just kind of just really piles a bit of shame on top of that. And so we can just accept like, I am having this moment right now where I'm really scared of somebody judging me. And yes, I know that every time I expose myself to the world, I'm opening myself up for judgment. That doesn't feel good, Mm -hmm. right? And we're we're allowed to own that. Yeah. Pretend like it's going to be positive. Like when people, when I hear people say like, oh, I don't care what other people think. It's never true. We always care about what people think. The trick is knowing whose opinions really matter to us and how to take care of ourselves when we are feeling hurt that somebody doesn't like what we have to say because it's a thing and that's okay. Yeah, exactly. And so one of the keys with this work I found personally is to slow down and become aware and, and then take the moment to, to, I, I call it honor, honor what I'm feeling in the moment. And that actually was like, you know, I had lots of thoughts about that. Like, I don't have time for that. But uh, then I realized, actually, this helps me to create more time. And it really doesn't take that much time. Yeah. And think about like, the time you spend, like trying to force whatever you're like, the truth or whatever you're thinking or feeling away is vastly more time and energy than just sitting with something like how often do people like resist crying? Right. And then they have like a real good crying bout in the shower and they feel so much better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So something you said earlier was very interesting and, you know, it's said a lot in, in the mindset coaching world, even in, you know, decades ago with like the secret and the law of manifestation, how our thoughts do create our reality. 
did you immediately find that to be true for yourself and believe that immediately? Or how did you come to believe that fully yourself? That's a good question. Without even being conscious, there were certain things that I just believed about myself that I think when I have first heard the idea that your thoughts create your reality, yeah, I was pretty bought in. And then I kind of went down a little bit of a rabbit hole though, where I neglected the emotional piece. And I think that's why I am so passionate about giving people the language and helping them understand the difference between your thoughts, create your reality, and also like owning that our body has physiological responses, which are our emotions that you can't necessarily just mindset your way out of. It requires an, an understanding of what's going on, of why you think the way you do. And when we're doing mindset work and we know this idea, like our thoughts create our reality, it's not about forcing ourselves to believe something we don't, right? If I today believe there is a 0% chance that I can make a million dollars by next year, like I'm not, and but I want to believe that I'm not going to force myself to just be like, oh no, I can do this. Right. I didn't believe that thought for a long time. Thoughts create reality because I'd worked with affirmations and I was like, but they don't work, you know? And it was really, for me, it didn't fully click until, like you said, where I brought in that the emotional component and feeling more into my body because my emotions, and maybe we can talk about the difference between emotions and feelings, but my, it would happen so fast. Like my emotion and my thought were so intertwined. I couldn't separate them until I started really doing the work and again, slowing down. And then I started seeing how when I was feeling a lot of the times would drive what I was thinking. And that would cause me to show up like the actions I would take or not take. So for me, it was kind of like a backwards way into it. But that's how I finally started being like, oh, that's actually kind of true. Yeah. So here's how I think about like affirmations too, right? right? And affirmations are really just thoughts like that. Right, we want exactly. Yeah. Want to have. And one of my values is specificity. So sometimes I see like affirmations that just say like, you know, I am whole, I am worthy, things like that. Just great. But I think like being able to be specific in that for you and know what that means is step one to allowing affirmations or thoughts to work for you. And also knowing that it is not a problem when you feel resistance to believing those things. That's just your work, right? And your growth edge, so to speak. Exactly. And when you're in control of your emotions and you know that, and you know you can take care of yourself, that's what allows, that's what manifestation is about. It's not about like making a wish and hoping that it comes true. It's about setting your intention on something and then choosing to take the course of action that allows you to access that belief for yourself. And that isn't going to look like a lot of action that other people see. The most important action that we take in this journey is the action that nobody but us sees. 
The rest of people might, they, they'll notice the results of that. But those things are like the way we speak to ourselves in our heads. What we do when we're getting ready to do that post and we're just trying to force ourselves to get there instead of taking a step back and taking a couple minutes to check in because maybe it's unsafe to post that thing today. Maybe it's fear of judgment or maybe it's your intuition trying to get your attention to let you know like, hey, we don't actually believe that, right? Because And and I say that because sometimes I've been working with people and what they're doing is they're trying to force themselves to like emulate somebody else. And so maybe they actually have a different opinion, but they don't feel like they can actually share that. And so they're trying to make it something else. And so we can have a lot of these feelings that make us feel unsafe, but really it is our, like our intuition or kind of that highest self that we all have just saying like, Hey, this is not in alignment with who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And that I, cause when you start, when you brought up the I am statements, they can be, because you're talking to a lot of wellness entrepreneurs, so energy workers, chakra workers, healers. So the I am statements are, they can be so powerful. And for me, again, like a decade ago, when I, when I was studying the chakras and using the chakras, I, it was just like, I felt like I was, it, it wasn't three-dimensional or I guess people say 5D reality, but it was, it was like a piece of paper. Like I was just saying the sentence and you could feel the vibration, but it was just saying it. But now when I say an I am statement and I relate it to a chakra in my body, the difference is like, I relate the I am sentence to me personally, like you're saying specificity. And second, I, I feel an emotion in my body when I do that. So there is a shift involved, like where maybe I go from being slightly anxious or fearful to when I, when I'm meditating on this, then I might feel more certain or often grounded and calm, depending on what, what chakra or energy center I'm working with. And that has been so powerful as well. So there's so many layers involved, I feel, with all this work. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that I see, one of the, the conscious thoughts that I see that get in the way of a lot of energy workers and healers, like specifically and even with, if they don't have that background is something unconscious is in my way right now, Mm -hmm. right? Like that thought right then is usually the thought that is prohibiting somebody from taking action Mm -hmm. because it stops them really from doing the exploration. And they're just like, oh, it's something unconscious. Do anything about it. Or I have to wait this out or something like that. There's still so much we can be like moving towards and without knowing specifically where did these things come from? Why am I like this? We can make lots of decisions right here, right now about who we want to be and how we want to show up. And most importantly, how we want to care for ourselves in moments where we're feeling fear, anxiety, self-doubt, insecurity come up. And I think that is always so important, learning how to cultivate the patience to choose to give yourself the space and grace to do that. Yeah, exactly. And and that sometimes is the work, is learning how to to do that for yourself. Yeah. 
I'm kind of curious, and this might be a little off topic, but you mentioned intuition. And I read a book, I think it was last year. I want to say, I don't know if it was that book Blink or it was a book by that same author about the mind. It was about intuition. And their theory on intuition was similar to your theory that you said, like our intuition is actually built from our experiences as a child that becomes so ingrained in our neural pathways and our unconscious and our being that we don't realize like our intuitive nudges are actually filtered upon, like through our own selective biases that are developed as a child. And so that personally caused me to kind of just slow a bit and get curious about my own intuition and and my nudges and being like, oh, okay, where's this nudge coming from? Is it coming from a base past like fear that I had? And I'm just the nudge is like self-protective. And does it really serve me? You know? <sighs> so what's your take? Yeah, no, I think that's completely true. And I think that's why that's so it's so important to explore everything, even the things that we think we really believe and serve us right now. That might be true, but there also still might be an update, right? And I think of just intuition in this inner knowing. Maybe I'm like thinking on the fly here, because even as you say this, it's just an interesting conversation. Are they separate, right? Because I feel like if we go by the definition that you were just kind of saying, because I think even our intuition can be challenged sometimes for the exact reason that you just said. And we get to sit with that, right? And like pay attention to our inner knowing, listen, feel for that and see what is ours from the past and what is ours right now and make choices about what we want to believe with the information that we have in this moment, not from before. So yeah, I, I buy that. Yeah. So I've been like having a different lens on my intuition, especially because I've been doing this work so, so much regarding my, my past and working, healing that or whatever term you want to say that I'm like, oh, maybe sometimes I thought it was intuition, but really it was like a self-protective. It was actually my nervous system, just a self-protective mechanism trying to quote unquote, keep me safe, which, you know, is all for a good thing, positive intention, but now I can be more aware. Uh, I mean, I, yes, I think like the nervous system, you know, the amygdala, that part of our brain where the fight, flight, bond, freeze, like responses are housed, are, it's like the most well-intentioned part of our brain, but not the smartest because right? they think everything looks like danger. And yeah, so I'm like distracted by this intuition thought. My brain is like going to work thinking. <laughs> Not that more. Yeah. Well, I have to have a, a podcast episode part part two, part B. So tell us a little bit more about you mentioned something earlier about the difference between being unsafe and unfamiliar. Yes. So I think that I often kind of see this, that there there's a lot, and I think this is an amazing thing that in the last couple of years we are having such a open dialogue about trauma and different experiences of all of us and extending compassion to ourselves and others, knowing that we all come 
and we're all shaped from different experiences. And our job isn't to, you know, necessarily even understand somebody else's experience. I'm I'm not going to understand as a white woman the actual experience of a black woman growing up in the South, right? But it is my responsibility to listen and not take things personally. And when we come back to like flip that, and, and so I think that's something that everybody should know, right? But sometimes one of the ways that I see people using this dialogue against themselves is in assigning any negative emotion, getting ready to do something, stepping out of their comfort zone as unsafe. And really being able to tease out, do I feel unsafe because there is something unresolved, some trauma, some part of me that's remembering something terrible that I went through in the past? Or is this something that, of course, I feel this way? I've never done it before. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know if somebody's going to say something really hurtful to me or if they're going to tell me like I'm wrong about something. Those are two of really big fears that people have about putting themselves out there, right? And that is very different from what the body feels from this like unsafe angle. And I just think like, again, specificity and like words are so important. And so when you feel that coming up, like, oh, this unsafe feeling, being able to check in and asking again, what is this about? Is it Un, is it literally unsafe? Does my body feel like this is unsafe or is it feeling this way because I've never done this before? And that is really scary that I can get myself through it or not, right? And that just becomes like, okay, then what do I need to help calm myself so I can go and do this thing that I want to do? Yeah, exactly. And I think that happens for entrepreneurs like at different levels. So you can, as you're starting out, there's a lot of those feelings as you try to figure everything out. And then you're like, you get the, you get more signing some clients, you get the ball rolling and you begin to feel more comfortable and you can stay there and that's fine. But some of you will want to grow again and maybe change your offer or change your price or start a group or or change something. And then you, you enter it again. Yes. And it never has to be a problem, right? I think I see one of the things I see is people being like, oh, I thought I was through this. Again, they pile like the shame on top of whatever it is they're really feeling, right? Like, and they're just like, oh, I thought I was over this. I thought I've done this all before. Why is this like feeling this way again, right? But you really haven't because you were doing something different. And there are layers to we humans. And when we know that, like, oh, this is just, the next layer coming up for me and it's coming up for me because now I'm it's ready to work on then that then we can just allow ourselves again extend that compassion love the parts of us that are experiencing that fear and take care of ourselves through that and then make decisions about what we want to do next yeah and i think you just opened up something is like this work, it creates choices and options for ourselves. Totally. Like clear, clear ones in alignment with what we want and our value system and things like that. Yeah. So I mentioned emotions and feelings. How, how, what is the difference 
between them? Because sometimes I see them used interchangeably, and then sometimes there's like a clear discernment between the two. And is it is it important, anyways? <laughs> I think that again, when we're talking about specificity, yeah, it's important. Emotions. There's really like six core emotions, and then our feelings are underneath that, right? So if we say that like happiness is a, a one of the core emotions and under that right is like joy and excitement and like like a break it all down right and under sadness would be like feeling forlorn or lonely and like all of that followed that there and so i think feelings give us the words to describe they give us better descriptors of what's what is feeling when i think about emotions i really pay attention to sensations in the body and like the more that i sit with the the specific feelings i'm having and can lead them back to emotions and then i can i'm pretty good at this point now have it from doing this work like i'm good at knowing like where certain emotions live in my body like fear is very much prevalent in my solar plexus anxiety is always in my throat and so that helps me when I'm going through something and then I'm like, oh, I'm anxious about this. And then I tune into like this feeling in my solar plexus and I'm like, oh, I'm scared of something. What am I scared of? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. And then what do you do? <laughs> Use emotional freedom techniques. Okay. And yes. Tell us. In addition. And so I combine the two. That's the way I combine energy work with mindset work, because I think that there is just nothing that I found, and I'm a former therapist too. I was in the army. I've worked in corrections. I was a therapist for 12 years prior to pivoting to the coaching world. And I just really have not seen anything or experienced anything like EFT that allows you to quickly and gently get to the root of what is going on with you. A lot of times people think of EFT as this tool to be able to help you shift out of an emotion. Like that's frequently what I hear, but like what EFT allows you to do is feel your feelings safely. And then your feelings give you, or your emotions give you information. And EFT just quiets things down so much. And then you're able to kind of see like, oh, I'm actually not angry at this person. I'm sad that this other thing ever happened to me. And then you know what to problem solve. For instead of getting caught up in a game of telephone that our brains and bodies like to give us, like passing all the way down through the years of our lives, right? Sure. Yeah. And I love doing EFT in the moment. Like going back to what we were talking about earlier is when I am feeling something and just to honor that and I can be present with it and tap, tap with it. And sometimes that's just it. You know? Yeah. And I think that the thing to remember too is that the purpose of like processing an emotion is not to not feel it anymore. It's to, again, learn what it has to tell you. I talk a lot about like our, our emotions carry information for us. And so EFT allows you to learn what that information is because you're able to feel that let it kind of move through you. And sometimes it's still there, right? If you have fear of uncertainty, that is a very like normal 
you know, experience to have when you're getting ready to have uncertainty. But the difference is, is this going to stop me or not? EFT allows you to just really fully full body experience what it is like to be like, oh, of course I'm scared. That's not stop me versus, oh my God, I'm scared. This is unsafe. Yeah. Paralyzing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I like. Exactly. Like I'll still feel it, but I'm able to like see it literally Sometimes when I used to fan, feel anxiety or a fear, it would be come together like a panic and that would cause me to freeze. And I literally, I felt like I was doing things. Like if I looked at back on my day, I'd be like, oh, I got so much done. But then if I was actually to break it down, I wasn't, I was just kind of frozen thinking I was doing things and that would end up with a lot of exhaustion. So it gives me like the brain space to to I again honor what's going on for me, but then I can like think logically of, about it because it it frees my brain from that primal response and it moves it back to like you know that the higher learning centers or the, the frontal brain. Yeah, because what you're doing, the points that are used in EFT are connected to the central nervous system. And again, because I'm such a visual person, I literally imagine like. Because with EFT, for anybody who doesn't know, you're tapping on energy meridian points around your body that soothe the central nervous system. And I picture it as like, you know, a little kid having a tantrum and you would just be like rubbing their back and saying, oh, get it all out. I'm listening. Right. And that's what EFT allows you to do, to really speak the truth of how you're thinking or feeling with combining that with an affirmation of acceptance, right? That you're not trying to force yourself to believe something that you don't. You're just saying, even though I'm having a hard time and this is what it feels like, I accept myself. I honor how I'm feeling. And when we think about wanting validation from others or others to like witness or see us so often, that's got to start with us first. That's huge. Not doing that for ourselves, then somebody else can be telling us all day long what a great job we're doing, right? We don't believe it, but we're unable to like just extend that to, yeah, us first. That is what causes the release. That's what allows EFT, what makes it feel so good to our bodies, because all of a sudden, all of these this parts of us that are like, oh my God, nobody's going to love me. If I show up this way, if they know this thing really about me and being able to give that gift to ourselves of self-acceptance, even with those things, allows the body to relax and then the brain yeah. space. And then you can maybe even learn that or, and embrace that and, and then it becomes a strength. Yeah. Or, or not, right? Or not. Yeah. Like, it happened to me and that's like where I really started to embrace my my differences and kind of my quirkinesses or like how I viewed life or stuff I've gone through. And I'm, and it's now I think, yeah, it's what makes me different and I can provide a different perspective instead of, you know, putting myself down for that or thinking it was wrong or whatever. Yeah. We come to a new appreciation of those things, right? Like my husband always says to me, like he will, be like, oh, I'm so glad you love me, like despite X, Y, or Z. And I'm like, actually love you because of those things. One of the things that happens to me, particularly like with my husband, and I, I noticed I started doing this, doing this with my husband, and then I started kind of applying it to myself. Like when I get agitated with him, 
especially if it's something that's like keeps coming up over and over again, right? Like he doesn't like to plan anything or putting in anything on a calendar. And I just step back and ask myself if I changed this thing about him, if I could make him into this super duper planner and I would never have to remind him of anything again. But that would mean that something I adore about him gets altered or taken away. Like, would I do that? And that's just not. I would never like it's that answer has never been yes so far. <laughs> so that's an interesting game. Yeah, I think about that a lot, and that's that just helps me. I think give it, it certainly started helping me extend him grace, and then I started kind of using that on myself too. So instead of being frustrated that it is often difficult for me to focus and I go down rabbit holes and things like that, but I also know that I'm like unique and creative and I am self-aware enough to know that about my brain that I just don't make it a problem. Like I just say like, okay, I can take care of myself if I lose my train of thought or my mind starts to go down rabbit holes and I really believe in like empowerment over positivity. Mm. I wanted to say when we were talking about positive. How did, what's the different, different? Well, I just think like when we're feeling bad about something and people immediately try to shift and force themselves to think positive. I have the positive thinking. I can't think about that. I need to be grateful for where I am right now. Like, first of all, we are allowed to feel grateful for everything that we've had while also wanting more. It doesn't mean that we're selfish or we, you know, haven't done enough or anything like that. And we don't have to immediately find the silver lining in anything. Cause again, that often invalidates whatever experience that we're having in the moment. It makes us feel shame for feeling the way that we do. And so when positivity and don't get me wrong, I think positive thinking is amazing, right? Like but in the moments where that feels really hard to do, being able instead to reach, well, like, well, what's the most empowering thing I can think right now? It's going to get you into that problem-solving mode. It's going to put you back in control. And that will allow you eventually to reach for the positive. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I love that. So much wisdom here today. Is there any other parting words of wisdom or thoughts or insights that you'd like to share with everyone? I think we've covered most of them because especially that empowerment over positivity, I think is such an important note to really end on. Like reach for empowerment, all else fails. It will get you to where you want to go and what you want to feel. I love that. And where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at seeking a great perhaps one. And on Facebook, Jess Johnson Coaching Services. And my website is jessjohnsoncoaching.com. Okay, great. We'll put that in the show notes. And it's been an honor to have you on today. Thank you for sharing your time and your wisdom. Yeah, thank you so much. Hey, if you're ready to grow your wellness business, I want to invite you to work with me. You're going to make your first six figures and then scale beyond. Your next step is to book a free consultation at igniteyourwellness.com. That's igniteyourwellness.com. Okay, I'll see you there. Bye.